recently presented in a product design class as a guest instructor to talk about and celebrate and practice rapid visual storytelling for designers. And you can think about just well, ways that telling a story and, and practicing that can help you with a bunch of different aspects of what you're creating as a, as a product. You can think about uh, how the, um, the organization you're serving and, and the, like them getting behind this product and, and how it fits their overall strategy. But then also there's your audience and like, what's that need that you're addressing there? And that, that even phrasing things in, in sort of a pitch, that sort of compelling, concise, concentrated story that is this compelling uh, highlight of need and reasonable action that that you have a solution that enables this action, uh, that's storytelling. You're there. You're you're using the tools that um, have people in a situation with things and objects around them, and then what happens next, and what happens next. A flow of causality, and that's a powerful thing. It's part of how we see the world as human beings. We have a storytelling bias. And this is a, um, you know, for, for, for good or ill, the, you know, you can use storytelling bias to try to sort of misrepresent things, but then there's this extra power in my, in my opinion, that a story that is also credible is like this extra powerful thing because it's, it's something that can be examined. It holds up to examination and it involves, in, in, in a way, that examination is, is an encouraging uh, thing that shows, it rewards participation because the evidence backs up the, um, the, the supposition, like what the story is about. So to me, that's a, that's a powerful mechanism to help spread uh, not just awareness, not just information, but also, but also trust and uh, an other emotional signal for caring about what the story is about. So there you go. Lots of reasons why, if you're designing a product, why you would care about practicing storytelling. So, but I also mentioned rapid and visual. So that's where um, you can explore, instead of the in-depth rendering of uh, highly, mm, highly tangible and three-dimensional things that are actually just two-dimensional images on the paper, but like uh, a product in perspective with a bit of topographical lines that give you a sense of the um, the form and the texture and everything that's that that this product is, and in, in, if it were in the physical space with you right now. And instead of investing all that time, what if you found something that was something a little more refined than squiggles and dots and whatnot and boxes and arrows, but not that much? So then you, you, you might need people and then you might need some props. And if you just use simple shapes, you can do quite a bit by having the um, the people be made be made out of things that are a little bit more than just a, like a stick figure, because then you if you go further than a stick figure, you can add a little more um, volume and physicality without like 
three-dimensional effort and whatnot. You essentially can have a bit of bend and action and energy by uh, using some form of character like a, like a starfish type character or um, a squiggle volume or you know, like a scribble volume character where you're, you're sort of doing a lot of uh, scratching in sort of creating a rectangle through uh, some scribble, but then maybe throwing a circle on top and then a couple of sticks for lo- for arms and legs and all that. Well, you could do that with a, a, the character that is kind of my favorite for this and I think does a pretty good job is an H ball. And if you draw the letter H and then put a ball on top and then add arms and legs, that's, that's an H ball. And in fact, here's the trick. The legs are the bottom part of the H. The upper part of the H is the torso. And then that connects with the head as you put a circle right on top of it. And then you add a couple of extra lines out the sides for arms. Now, if you start to bend the H, you get some energy and flow and, and, and like action. And you can really be, you can have this character be acting things out. And then you need only add simple props to sort of give more context for this character or maybe help them be in a setting. And that lets you do some storytelling. So then what do they go from and what do they go to? And then you could add some layers on top of it. You could add emotion, add some facial expressions because you have something that, like a circle to fill in. No problem. Add some eyes and, and uh, eyebrows, maybe a mouth. And you've got the ability to add some, a lot of kinds of smiles and frowns and scowls and everything that like so many things that can be done with very... Um, sim- simplistic representations of human features. And then if you go a little further than that, you could add a little bit of the language of comics and sequential storytelling. So you can do things like framed moments. And in between the frames, there could be a minute or it could be a century. And then whoever is reading the story gets to fill in the gap. What happened in between? And that's, that gives you this, this powerful ability to sort of make um, a more bite-sized effort of conveying the change of circumstance over time and tell a story in these key moments. But then the key moments can be like more super moments where you can add extra detail and sound effects and word balloons and have different line quality to the word balloons to get different emotions and whatnot. And so you're amplifying and adding more layers of information, which includes not just what's happening literally, but also the emotion and the feeling of the circumstance. Anyway, this is the kind of thing that we practiced. And what we did was um, there was a variety of exercises and whatnot. And I'm thinking I might turn this into a workshop. So stay tuned. There's um, uh, like a, like an online workshop and whatnot too. And also one that I can uh, perform for any group who uh, would like to have me uh, uh, consult. That's, uh, I'm happy to do any of my workshops in, in, that, in that circumstance where you're bringing um, sort of some visual storytelling practice to a group. And so the practice would happen is, you know, like through, through that setup and providing some basic elements, and we practice some things like um, using simple shapes, like a cir- circle, squares, squiggle, squiggles, and dots to represent um, five to ten objects in the room or to represent um, having someone finding their favorite tool to solve a problem 
or having someone experience the journey of um, needing a product and encountering it and then what happens next after that and what happens next after that. So it was a lot of fun. It's, it's honestly something that it, uh, to, in this context, to uh, share some things with an audience and do some volunteering for, for education and encouragement of, of practitioners who are new, new to the space and thinking about human-centered design and storytelling and all that, super fun and, and, uh, and a pleasure and an honor. Uh, it's, it's, it's neat to have that kind of opportunity to uh, share and connect and, uh, and encourage, right? Because a lot of this stuff may not seem obviously relevant and whatnot. And, and to be someone who had a chance to encourage and um, emph- emphasize some benefit and utility and even fun using these kind of uh, tools, doing some uh, quick visual storytelling, not getting stuck in the in the mire of all the details because you can figure out your the, the strength and refine your story if you're able to get it out of your head quickly and refine and iterate. And if that cost is low, you're going to make something that's strong because you're able to experience it and share it. A lot of fun. And I think this uh the, the the exercises and all that went went quite well and i mean and i used um i used versions of things too like one in particular uh based on working and collaborating with jersey drost for for years with lean into art um i think jersey had the uh the exercise for line to show how much people's perception of sound can change by adding um lines around words so making word balloons right and uh, for Jersey does the what, no eggs version of it. And I, I just had uh, the characters ask, um, what time is it? But then progressively add different kinds of lines and intensity and stuff. And it just, it changes the meaning. Um, gosh, where was it going with? It's just, the, it's a really exciting topic. So a lot of fun, some great examples, good practice, a lot of great participation. And so we got a chance to see and celebrate all, all the different students' work that uh, that chose to come up and present in the in this neat environment of um, just putting paper on a table and there's a camera that goes to all these different TVs in the room. Um, it's a great time, and uh, and I and I um, got some good feedback. Hopefully, that was um, it was useful to all, and I I feel encouraged to uh, to make this into one of my um, workshops as well that are uh, digital and available via um, my Skillshare and um, my presence on Skillshare and also uh, through my Gumroad store as well. So more to come with that. It's, it's, it's in my project pipeline. Uh, it will not be ha- uh, happening right away. I'm currently working on a workshop with Kate Shield Stenzinger that is all about goal planning. And we actually teased that that was something was coming with this on our Art and Science Punks podcast recently. So more to come on that. That has evolved and is, is um, I think it's going to be uh, something useful and fun. And, um, and not something that's like, oh, this is the only way to, to plan your goals. It's kind of like, here's some tools. It'll, it'll um, probably be useful no matter what's your, your, your notebook or your uh, particular flavor of process. There's, there's just ways that this can help. 
any goal planning process. So more to come with that. And um, if you're curious about my current workshops or the different software and things that I offer, worth mentioning on the podcast that uh, my software is on sale. My workshops are on sale um, for any of the, the the marketplaces that they actually have a, like a sale price where Skillshare is a mechanism where if you sign up, then um, it's kind of like a Netflix-like thing for um, for classes and 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 um, learning experiences where you just sign up and you have access to an entire library. So instantly, boom, you've, you'd have access to three of my workshops that are on Skillshare. Um, and there's a handy link to do that at uh, robstenzinger.com and also connect to different the different games that I do on different platforms. Um, so yeah, like This Panda Needs You and Guitar Fretter, um, all that is available with convenient links at robstenzinger.com. Any thoughts, questions, reactions to this, um, things that you would um, hope be covered in rapid visual storytelling um, or some of your favorite things, any kind of reaction, I I enjoy chatting. And so uh, reach me on the social networks where I am Rob Stenzinger or via email where I am rob at shieldstenzinger.com. Thank you very much for listening. (music) 